Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. Today, I am going to talk about how to use the cost-benefit principle or calculation to make better decisions in your life and to avoid regret. This is how I make all decisions, which is going to make me seem like such a geek, but that's uh, probably factually correct. So I'm just going to embrace that. Making decisions is hard and we use slash waste a lot of time thinking about making decisions and the reason I think we spend so long making decisions is usually fear of regret from making the wrong decision and I actually really like the saying even the wrong decision is better than no decision so being stuck in that like no man's land or being extremely indecisive is the worst place to be. You will spend far too long there procrastinating, trying to make a decision when the best thing to do is to make a decision, embrace it, don't look back. If it was the quote unquote wrong decision, you'll likely learn something. And if it wasn't, then you're much further on your way than if you'd spent ages constantly overthinking the same decision. Using this principle to make decisions will make the process of making decisions much smoother, much easier, and I've found that it avoids regret. And I think regret is like the worst feeling ever. So I stole this um, calculation, or people call it a principle, a calculation. It's an economics principle but it can be applied to basically any decision that you're making so people will use it to make business decisions but it can really like it's actually a really useful and quite rational way of making any decisions especially decisions that are quite emotive because it takes some of the emotion away from that so I use the cost benefit equation to decide whether something is actually worth doing and this involves asking two pretty simple questions what is the benefit of this action and does that benefit outweigh the cost? So to make this relevant for clients, a question I often get is, should I stop losing fat and move into maintenance or hypertrophy or should I keep losing fat? Like when should I stop? And most people assume that there is like a set body composition or range body composition that they should be aiming for. And this just simply isn't the case like we know that there is a huge range of body fat levels where you can be healthy and you can actually be quite overweight and healthy as long as you're active and this body composition that you should stop losing body fat at or that you think you should stop losing body fat at will be different for everyone not just on a physiological level but also because of your values your life balance what you think is important so if we dive into this a little bit what is the cost and what is the benefit to for example losing the last couple of kilograms and the less fat you have to lose the harder it is going to be and thus the more effort is required to lose it so your first five pounds for example and obviously this depends on how much fat you started with so your first five pounds and some individuals would also be your last five pounds as you don't have much fat to lose but let's say you do have quite a lot of fat to lose your first five pounds might be really easy 
to lose, like just a couple of simple swaps, maybe increasing your steps, being a bit more mindful about what you eat. Because when you have quite a lot of body fat to lose, your body's quite happy to get rid of it. And this choice might be a no-brainer. The cost in terms of effort is far less than the rewards of fat loss in terms of how much fat you lose and everything that goes with that. Your health, potentially your body image, how you feel, how you perform, how you look. However, your last five pounds might be a completely different story. And that's because at this stage, your body will probably be pushing back against you by increasing hunger and reducing your activity levels. So your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. You will also experience to some degree metabolic adaptation as your body pushes back and becomes more efficient in an attempt to preserve as much energy as possible. This means that you need to dig a little bit harder into a deficit or reduce your calories more or increase your energy expenditure more via steps or cardio. And thus, the cost in terms of time and effort, potentially social life sacrifices like going out for meals, food variety, even on the extreme end, jeopardizing your relationship with food and even your health if you're someone who is too lean. So now the cost of losing that same five pounds, like the the amount of fat you're trying to lose is the same or the amount of weight you're trying to lose is the same from when you started to now, but the cost is far higher. And at this point, that cost will likely outweigh the reward and the reward being continued fat loss. And it's at this point when the cost now outweighs the benefit that the action is no longer worth doing. And realistically, when it comes to fat loss, your last few pounds will be at least twice as hard to lose as your first few pounds. And it will take you at least half as long and require at least twice the effort. And you need to decide whether it's still worth the effort to lose that final five pounds. And this is also why this, like having a scale weight goal is absolute horseshit. If your optimal weight is when the benefit of more weight loss for you as an individual is now less than the cost of losing more weight in terms of your effort and what you are sacrificing to do so. And also knowing that that point is very individual and will fluctuate and will depend on numerous things like where you are in your life, what your values are, what's important to you at that moment. Then how could we possibly put a scale weight on that, like a number on the scales? It maketh no sense, which is why I never tell people like when to stop losing weight unless obviously I think they've lost too much weight. It's completely up to the individual and it will depend on so many things. And the same person will have a completely different, like, quote unquote, goal body composition. It's not even the goal body composition, but the body composition that is optimal for them at that time of their life in that moment, depending on so many factors. That will change throughout your life. If we look at this, another example Let's look at this in terms of finance because sometimes it's easier to take it out of this context. The worth of something is dictated by its value to you. So you might quite happily spend 30 pounds on steak 
because you love steak and it brings you a lot of joy whereas I wouldn't because that steak is not going to bring me 30 pounds worth of joy I might spend 30 pounds on a new fluffy pillow because I love fluffy pillows and you might think that that is a complete waste of money and to you it isn't like the cost is not worth the benefit of the fluffy pillow (laughs) can you tell that I'm just looking around my room at things (laughs) I mean there isn't a stake in here but yeah that's where the fluffy came from the fluffy pillow but basically different people have different values and value things in different ways so the cost for one person will not be the same as the cost for someone else and the key behind the cost benefit calculation is realizing that the cost and benefit will change and it will change depending on numerous factors so for example if I had 20 fluffy pillows already I probably wouldn't spend 30 pounds on a new one because there's not really much benefit to me having 21 fluffy pillows like 20 is quite enough same with the steak like you might spend 30 pounds on your first steak but if someone was like oh do you want to give me another 30 pounds I'll give you another one you might be like no that second steak isn't worth it for me because I'm already full and I've enjoyed this one if you were going to give me another steak I'd probably only spend 10 pounds on that in the same way that I might still buy a fluffy pillow for two pounds because it's not that much cost and I would still get some benefit from it. So what I'm trying to get at is the magnitude of the benefit usually reduces the more you have or the more you do of it, depending on what we're talking about. So if you're very overweight, the benefit of losing five pounds of fat is really high in terms of your health but that benefit will reduce the less fat you have to lose. So you're going to get less benefit in terms of your health from losing your second five pounds than you did from losing your first five pounds. And to you, the cost in terms of effort to do that may now not be worth the outcome. And fat loss is quite a good example because not only does the cost of the effort required to lose more body fat become increasingly more as you have less body fat to lose, but also the benefit that you're getting from that becomes increasingly less. And in this example, there will also come a point where there is no benefit to losing more and actually that becomes harmful. And I guess at an extreme that happens in most situations. Like if I now had so many fluffy pillows in my room that I couldn't actually get to my desk anymore that benefit is no longer there (laughs) or if you'd eaten so much steak that you actually now feel unwell the previous benefit has now become not only non-existent but it's actually become harmful it's causing you harm another one I was thinking about today because I put on my story something about the pill potentially reducing your ability to build muscle and someone replied saying oh I'm just trying to figure out if I do want to go on the pill like I get really bad pains before my period so you've got to weigh up the pros and cons of that like actually okay it might be saying that the pill reduces your ability to build muscle but is the pain of your period meaning that you can't train for a whole week is that having a bigger impact 
on your ability to build muscle? And even outside of that, is that having a bigger impact on your quality of life and what you have to go through every month? And actually taking the pill might be the best thing for you, even if it did have a slight impact on your ability to build muscle, which by the way, I'm not 100% sure of. This research is quite, that. well, one, there isn't a lot of it. And the reason behind that is that women are extremely hard to study partly because of their hormonal cycles so if you're looking at doing any kind of performance testing with a woman especially with strength testing we know that their strength fluctuates throughout their cycle anyway so you'd have to try and get people at the exact same part of their cycle and test them in that exact same week we also know that women's cycles vary in length into individually as in between people but also within their own cycle so they might have a cycle that's 24 days and then the next time it's 28 days so we know there's changes there it's just very hard to control but there was one study that found that over a 10 week uh, training period women who were on the pill developed 40% less muscle than women who were not on the pill and the researchers attributed this to lower anabolic hormones in women who took the pill on top of this, there also seem to be higher levels of catabolic hormones, which would promote breakdown. So one of the limitations of this study is that not all contraceptive pills are the same, obviously. I wouldn't even say that's a limitation. It's just, please don't generalize this out. It's also hypothesized that the pills containing more progestins, so the synthetic form of progesterone, were more problematic as they would bind to the androgen receptors on the cells of muscles which are important to stimulate muscle growth. So the take home I would give from this research, which again there isn't a hell of a lot of, is that progesterone dominant pills especially, or contraceptives especially, which have high androgen binding affinity may negatively impact muscle growth and we do know that progesterone only pills do seem to have side effects of reduced muscle mass reduced bone mineral density um harder to build muscle but i would also say there's so much genetic variation here and what's really interesting a bit of a side note but kind of applicable is that there is massive variation between people in drug half-life and that simply means like how long a drug stays in your system and when I was talking about this in my story I put like you know I I was on the progesterone only pill for like three or four years to stop migraines which worked for that and it was absolutely worth the cost of that and if that cost had come at a reduction in ability to build muscle then a I didn't notice it and b it was absolutely worth it But I also think, and I have no evidence to prove this, this is just a, like a, what is the word I'm looking for? Ah, la, la, la. It is an observation of myself. Gosh, it's quite late for me to do a podcast. I normally do them in the morning. And now it's 20 past four. Wow. (laughs) just shows how my brain turns off throughout the day but anyway an observation I had of myself especially with taking a hell of a lot of painkillers with my back is I think I metabolize drugs very quickly because I was on like 
really top dosages of a lot of these really strong painkillers and I was not only getting basically no pain relief from them but I also had absolutely no side effects from them as well and I'd go and see different consultants and they'd be like you're on how much and you only like you know I'm quite a small person on mega dosages and not even not the fact that I was still in pain but more like I was having basically no side effects I mean I wish I could blame the weight gain on that but um I think that might have been the lack of movement and uh excessive calorie consumption anyway oh no I've gone on a tangent I'm sorry guys I was doing very well oh I remember I was talking about the cost benefit of taking the pill and I think uh, like something that really grinds me is a lot of it tends to be like quite uneducated personal trainers especially female personal trainers being like the pill's really bad it's so important to have a natural cycle like blah 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 like don't put these hormones into your body it's extremely bad for you that is crap like don't listen to (laughs) medical advice from personal trainers including myself like speak to your gp but there are very very real reasons that people would take the pill for example for me like I was having migraines most months. They are awful for me. It was absolutely worth taking the pill. Some people, you know, can't get out of bed for a couple of days, but would taking the pill mean that they can and they can have a normal functioning week, the week of their period? Yes, great. Then they don't have to, you know, kind of adjust their whole life around that, knowing that they're going to be in bed for two or three days. You have no idea what people are going through. And just because you don't seem to struggle too much and you just have some slight stomach cramps doesn't mean that everyone has that. And for you, the cost of going on the pill might be too high because you're not really getting much benefit from it. But for someone else, the cost may be negligible in terms of the massive benefit they're getting to their quality of life. So please stop giving out shitty advice on the internet. No, 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 no. I'll do one final example because, you know, just in case you haven't quite got I mean, it's quite a simple concept. I'm pretty sure that most people have figured the cost-benefit equation out. But you can also use this principle to figure out like how many workouts you should do a week. Another question I get quite a lot. So the benefit of doing, say, one to three workouts will likely outweigh the cost drastically. The cost in terms of time and effort put into workouts. But the benefit of adding a fourth workout may mean that you're now spending less time with your family, less time at work, less time on your business, less time making time to read or relax or or simply that you won't recover from the sessions that you're doing. And thus, depending on your values and what's important to you and, and that benefit for you of a fourth session might not be worth the cost. And thus, it would make sense not to do it. And I think why I love this calculation so much is because it's so simple, but it also really allows you to evaluate whether your decisions are aligned with your goals. And what I will say is there is absolutely nothing wrong with saying you don't want it enough. Like, the cost of this is no longer worth the benefit for me. I don't want to get shredded enough. Like, that, that is a great thing to say in the same way that like you wouldn't spend 50 pounds on something that was worth 10 pounds to you you wouldn't spend 
your time and effort on something if the outcome wasn't worth it to you and once you accept that you also stop beating yourself up about your life choices and thus you don't regret your choices as much it's quite easy to say things like oh I want financial independence or I want a raise or I want my boss to think of me a certain way or I want to look good and I want to fit in this bikini and I want to have abs but do you want it enough to put the effort in and I know most personal trainers stop there and they're like do you want it enough you need to work harder what I'm saying is do you want it enough you need to stop beating yourself up if you don't because that's absolutely fine not to want it enough but if that is the case stop putting all this pressure on yourself like do you want to spend two extra hours at work every day rather than be with your kids do you want to put your career ahead of your relationships do you want to wake up earlier to go to the gym or would you prefer to sleep in because you're not getting enough sleep like there comes a time when actually sleep is more important than the extra workout you could get in and different people will have different answers and you'll need to decide what is best for you and you'll do that by realizing there is a cost to every benefit i.e everything requires a little bit of work or sometimes quite a lot work quite a lot of work in it so the take home today is more is not always better and just because you like losing some fat or doing a workout is good it doesn't mean that that benefit always outweighs the cost and there will always be a point where the cost now outweighs the benefit and it is that point at which you stop doing the action or you stop buying the steak or you stop eating the cookies or you stop buying fluffy pillows and this point this point of change is different for everyone depending on their values at the time their recovery level their start point how many fluffy pillows they have how much fat they have to lose how much they love steak etc etc hopefully you get the point of that and the whole point in this calculation is that you need to continuously do it and redo it and reassess it because like I said at the start of fat loss no-brainer it is worth losing fat but that doesn't mean that 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 fact stays the same throughout fat loss like it is it is ever changing as much as your life is ever changing I hope this has been useful this concept actually really really helps me make decisions and then never look back and never regret them so hopefully it does the same for you if you are interested in joining me for coaching then the best way to do that is to join Commit to Six and our next intake is February the 21st but you need to be on the waiting list to join. So you need to head to www.esgfitness.co.uk. I actually don't do a mail list, like I don't send out weekly emails or anything so you won't hear anything from me. You'll literally get an email saying, oh thanks for joining the waiting list and then you will get a link to sign up two weeks before that's it like I won't I won't be sending you like lots of weekly emails I feel like the podcast is enough if you have enjoyed this podcast please like it share it you can't like it I always say that rate it share it review it that would mean a hell of a lot to me and share it on your stories and tag me on your stories because genuinely it's so cool seeing that people listen to it and I'm actually so humbled by the fact that let me just see how long this has been 
you guys have listened to me for a whole almost 24 minutes and I really really appreciate your time and your brain and your focus so thank you very much